0: Here we go. It is a daily tip for Becky presented by bad MGM on a Tuesday. Good morning to you. I'm Michael Jenkins live in Washington, DC. She is Chelsea messenger just outside the music city in lovely Hendersonville, Tennessee. Coming up in the next three hours, we will tie a bow on week 12 in the national football league, including a recap of that garbage fest last night between the bears and Vikings on Monday night football. Oh my God. Then at 620, Oh, it's here, baby. Our first look at championship week in college football, followed by the NBA schedule at 640. During the 7 o'clock hour, we peek ahead at the spreads and totals for this week in the NFL at 720. We turn our attention to futures bets in pro football and what is next for the Panthers after the firing of head coach Frank Reich? Finally, at eight o'clock, more early picks and leans in the NFL. Another dive into college football at eight twenty. Then we wrap things up with the Donkster and our best bets at eight forty-five. Oh man, my bets have been cold as ice, just like the winter time. Chelsea, good morning. How are you?
2: Oh come on, you were six and zero on your pick six picks, capping off with the Bears uh. plus three and a half. So Jenks. Ice cold? I think not.
0: Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I was drinking my water. I'm trying to get hydrated. I'm trying to get up this morning. I don't know my. Be- I'm picking the wrong bets. That's my problem. To One day, out my bets.
2: One day. That's true.
0: That's true. It's One true. One day. That's true.
2: So okay, I, I needed to make sure you. the the listeners knew the actual truth because your football picks over I the weekend it. were literally spotless.
0: I appreciate that. Also, I have to say. We have a, a manuscript, a transcript coming our way. I got a message yesterday on LinkedIn from someone who is an attorney and also a script writer, and he has an idea for a movie, a short. I'm not quite sure exactly. He explained it to me. He's going to send it to me. And he said, because he listens to us in the morning, not necessarily about sports betting, but about our <laughs> discussions about life. And that they're very funny that he wants to send it to me and have me take a look at it and see what he thinks. And I'll tell you what, I'm pushing for you to be in the starring role. Yes, that's what's going to go down. Oh, yes. Can I guess the
2: name of said (laughs) play or movie? Is it going to be Farts on a Plane? Well,
0: (laughs) you have to start somewhere. You start with Farts on a Plane. we didn't talk about that and then it's a remake of sophie's choice i think that's sort of the trajectory of how that goes (laughs) so you'll get there yeah remember who was it let me lose out there jason alexander from seinfeld he was in mcdonald's commercials dancing around in the early 80s you see this all the time you see someone somewhere the next thing you know you're legendary and that's the path my friend now people will say i don't know about this farts movie i'll give it a a d but this messenger girl has potential next thing you know it's oscar time <laughs> that's how it's gonna work
2: that's out right yeah, that's yeah. such a a great point because every actor starts somewhere it's always funny where you watch like a really old movie and you see somebody mm-hmm. at the like really start of their career and you're like huh they're literally yeah. playing a cashier at whataburger or whatever the <laughs> fake name of the restaurant is at whatever movie so you're right everybody does start somewhere But uh, starting at farts on a plane, I don't know if that is a road that I want to go down. And it may be a a bit smelly.
0: Oh, my God. The graphic, if you're watching us on Twitch, you can check (laughs) us out on Twitch. It's twitch.tv. And we're starting this morning with the Daily Tip motion picture, colon, farts on a plane. Awesome.
3: Well, Chelsea,
0: now that we've gotten that out of the way, and once I hear something, I'll let you know. I got this message yesterday. It was sent a few days ago on LinkedIn. I'm not on LinkedIn every day, but we'll see. You never know. You never know. We could be motion picture movie stars before you know that. But you were a star last night on your best bet. Tell me about it.
2: Oh, yes. A perfect 1-0. and I won one bet, (laughs) but it was an easy winner. I will say that. Had DJ Moore over his receiving prop of 60 and a half, he finished with 114. So that was a nice little win. The handicap there. Was DJ Moore when Justin Fields is the quarterback, as opposed to Tyson Bagent? He was coming into this game averaging like 96 yards per game, so this was right in line with his average mm-hmm. with Justin Fields. Justin Fields loves throwing to DJ Moore, so a trend to monitor moving forward as well.
0: Well done, I. Oh, my bets, I I almost went big last night, and this was one of those nights where everything that I would have bet. Would have been a loser. It was just one of those. And I don't feel bad. There's some hockey people I follow on Twitter, and every person was like, terrible, 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 terrible. Oh no. It was terrible. Oh man. It was a bad night. The sharks beat the Capitals. The Sharks. Oh, they're terrible. So are my bets. I had ruins through my money line. Against the Jackets. The Jackets blew out the Bruins 5-2. I also had Jordan Addison over 49.5 receiving yards. I really like that bet. It did not happen. 39 yards for Addison. That was a loss for me as well. What about the Donkster? He had Utah at St. Mary's under 134 and a hook. Utah wins 78-71, that's 149 points, a loss for the Donkster there. But he did get a win with the Utah Jazz. The Jazz beat the Pelicans, 114-112, and the Donkster had the Jazz plus four. So for the week, it is early, it's just one day. However, you are 1-0, I'm 0-2 in the Donkster. Look at that guy, that guy. He's 1-1. I still can't stand him. Let's talk about Monday Night Football, if we have to. Oh my God, this was a bad game. This was a bad game. The Bears topped the Vikings 12-10 in Minneapolis. The Bears getting three points. The Bears plus 140 on the money line. Your total set at 43, easy under. Cairo Santos, four field goals on the night, including the game winner. They clock at four, good snap, good hold, good kick. Bears are back on top with 10 seconds to go. And that's how it ended. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN. It is a 30-yard field goal with, as you heard, 10 seconds to play. DJ Moore, monster night for the Bears. You were all over that. 11 catches, 114 yards. Justin Fields, 217 yards. Rushes for 59. And Chicago stops the bleeding. Their 12-game losing streak in the NFC North comes to an end, and that included losing six straight to the Vikings' Man, as far as ugly games go, Chelsea, this was putting lipstick on a pig.
2: (laughs) Right. The fact that our (laughs) highlight from this game was a field goal should tell you all you needed to know from both of these offenses, man, this was a tough watch. Like I was excited to watch this game because I had a play in it and you know, it was Monday night. It was the soft launch into the week. But it was just more nonsense from both of these offenses. But from a betting perspective, literally, the bottom line in this one was, do you really want to trust Josh Dobbs as a favorite, a field goal favorite? And I Mm -hmm. think we got the resounding answer in this one. He threw four interceptions in this game, and I think he reverted back to the Josh Dobbs that we have seen throughout his journeyman career. So I think that's the lesson moving forward. If you see a bad team as a favorite, I think you really need to think long and hard before you take bad teams as favorites. And I'm not saying the Vikings are necessarily bottom yeah. of the barrel. It's you've got to realize it's still a backup quarterback and it's still a team that lost their top weapon in, uh Justin Jefferson. So I think that was the lesson moving forward. Yeah, I think you're spot
0: on about that. And also, even though Josh jobs is a great story at some point when you see guys play this well but they don't have a history of doing so then I think you start to expect a little bit of negative regression and that's what we saw here that Bears defense I'm not going to say it's one of the best defenses in the NFL but this is the second consecutive game (laughs) in which they have forced four turnovers and I know there were four interceptions but turnovers are turnovers so sometimes improvement Isn't in leaps and bounds. It's incremental. And I think we've seen that a little bit with the bears over the past few games. And also the Vikings just aren't a great football team. So I'm kind of with you. This was a good sell high spot on Minnesota, especially in a divisional game. I'm just mad. We didn't play it because I think we had the handicap pegged on this one.
2: Yeah, Bears in the under. But look at you saying nice things about the Bears. It feels like I'm in a parent-teacher conference. For a kid that's (laughs) like kind of struggling, they're like, listen, progress is made in little tiny steps. You don't have (laughs) to worry about little Timmy. We know he's only reading on a first-grade level, and he's in third grade. But listen, he's getting there. Over the past few weeks, he's been much better. That's what it feels like for the Chicago Bears defense. So, yes, they are making some small steps but what else are we supposed to say nicely about last night's game? It ended 12-10. to What do you want us to do here? Because some of it wasn't even on the defense. It was just the ineptitude of the offenses. Like, if you're watching this game, you're like, oh, what a defensive play. You're saying, oh, my God, they're going to run that play? Oh, my God, Mm -hmm. it hit him in the hands. So, props to you for putting a positive spin on the Chicago Bears (laughs) here.
0: How many people do you think, saw this score after halftime or three quarters. It was three to three at the half. Or you're like, all right, I'll stick around for some second half action. And then it's six three bears after the third quarter. And you're like, dude, I got a meeting early tomorrow morning. It's time for me to turn in here. That was a tough watch. I did not watch the entire game here. And you know what? I did myself a favor because I am well rested this morning. And this was a game that had almost zero implications with the exception of, okay, maybe Justin Fields is playing for his job. But I bet the viewership for this game just plummeted like a rock about midway through.
2: Okay, so what do we think of Justin Fields moving forward? Because Mm. this is such a difficult question and a question that I think a lot of people are going to be asking. Because obviously there's going to be the next young crop of quarterbacks who everybody has high hopes for. Mm -hmm. But Justin Fields was one of those quarterbacks. And I think it's just really tough when you go to a team that doesn't have a lot of pieces around you. So the Bears have some good opportunities coming up. They're going to have two first-round picks in the first five picks as it stands now, I believe. What do you think they should do with those picks?
0: I think they need a quarterback. I hate to say that. What? I think, yeah, I do.
1: The teacher has
0: turned. I know. What a crop coming out. What a crop. I think
2: he needs to be held back. I
0: think he (laughs) needs to be held back. Double D. Oh, Double D went all caps. Wrong! I'm going to say right. Double D. Oh, Double D says, oh, incomplete. Field goal is no good. You don't like, oh, God, he's grabbing the microphone. This is how you know Double D has an opinion. I'm not even asking him. I'm like, Double D? He's like, no, I'm coming in right now. I'm barreling in. All right, Double D, what do you got? My God,
1: that's David's music. That's David's music. (laughs) Hit my theme music. No, here's the thing. I don't think you need to replace Justin Fields to make that team better. I saw a lot of progression yesterday. Yes. Yes, did he fumble twice? Absolutely. But his throws looked a lot better last night. I will say this, number one and above everything else, the Bears should be looking at Marvin Harrison Jr. with that number one overall pick. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. makes Justin Fields a better quarterback next year. I don't think they need to move on, and especially with the – listen, I'm not convinced that Caleb Williams is the end-all, be-all. Y'all know that I hate Caleb Williams. I don't think he's mentally tough enough to be in the NFL – I think he's going to be one of the biggest busts ever in the NFL. So why take a chance Michael on Michael Penix? A... I I don't think you take Michael Penix that high. I would even say Oh Nix. I think Jaden Daniels no. might be a better fit for that for that offense if you're going to go. Yeah. But that being said, I don't think you move on from Justin. I don't know if you give him his fifty-year option, but I don't know if they're going to move on. Everything that I have heard is they have to be wowed. And I mean, dropping tablets and pencils wowed at the combine by somebody to move on from Justin. Well, here's what my scout. opinion ahead, is.
2: It's just Justin Fields was that guy in college. He was impressive in college. At what point are we going to break the cycle of saying, oh, well, here's a college quarterback. Maybe he's better than the next one do you know how many teams are stuck in this cycle where they keep putting themselves as a franchise underwater because they can't settle on a quarterback? I feel like there are plenty of quarterbacks to give up on. I don't think Justin Fields is one of them. You have seen teams that build around quarterbacks and there are teams that don't necessarily have to have, you know, Patrick Mahomes around them. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. They're doing it with Brock Purdy. Obviously he has been great and that is a one-off, But still, get him some help on the offensive line. Get him a receiver. And I do think that he could be a solid NFL quarterback.
0: I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see him flashing. Like, I feel like he should be flashing at this point. Where I feel like instead of flashing and seeing things that make me think, okay, this guy has a future, we're looking for things. And I think that's a very distinct difference when you're trying to evaluate someone. It's good crop coming out. We'll see what the Bears decide to do. By the way, my favorite quote from last night during the AP story of this game, the backflips during the BMX freestyle bike show at halftime accounted for the bulk of the highlights. It's so true. Come out oh. next. It's championship week in college football, which includes the Ducks and Huskies from Sin City. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM.
3: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network welcome back to the daily tip presented by bet mgm with michael jenkins and chelsea messenger on the BetQL network
1: turn it up double d back to the show the daily tip for bet
0: presented by bet mgm I'm Michael Jenkins in DC. She's Chelsea Messenger in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up here on the show, it is the best time of year in college football. We will make our early picks and leans during this championship week as the race for the national title rolls on. Chelsea, I am trying to figure out my plan, my strategy, because if, and this is a big if, if Texas beats Oklahoma State on Saturday, I got a choice to make. Am I going to go to a bowl game or not? Will we make the national title, Final Four, the playoff, or not? I don't know. Regardless, I think I'm going to go to the bowl game if we win. If we lose, I'm not going to go to the Alamo Bowl or whatever for the 85,000th time. But if we end up playing in the Cotton or the Fiesta, even if we don't make the college football playoff, I'm going to have my finger on a button ready to purchase tickets and i think we're gonna go i'm gonna do it it's been a long time since the horns have played in a big bowl game and if they win this weekend i'm going
2: yeah you should but you do have stipulations like you're not going if it's in a certain city because i have this problem nc State always loves playing in like orlando bowl games Mm -hmm. i have no desire to go to orlando i'm sorry there's no beach there it's like disney people who are like the worst type of people so if nc state's playing in orlando count me out and they probably will
0: <laughs> i hear that i get that now i orlando don't really want to go <laughs> <clears throat> what don't you like about orlando
2: have you been to orlando
0: Orla- yeah i've been to orlando it's fine it's terrible nothing special about it's it. like
2: it's all okay. tourists and i know that there are parts of orlando that are not I think Winter Park's really nice. And then there's this little area mm-hmm. called Celebration that's really cute too. But in general, the traffic's a nightmare. It is very hot in the summer. There's no ocean breeze. And you're in Florida without the ocean. So I'm not seeing why I would want to go to Orlando. And I have a very vivid memory of being there because Jake spring training mm-hmm. was there for a couple of years back when the Astros were in Kissimmee. And they have these things called okay. love bugs. That I think in the spring it's like mating season and they come in like droves, like locusts, and they are everywhere. They get all over your clothes, all over your car, all in your hair. So I think that is my memory of Orlando, it being sweltering hot and these love bugs like trying to get in my ear. It was disgusting.
0: Ooh. I have been to Orlando a handful of times and I've been to the villages. I used to date a girl whose parents had a place in the villages, which is less than an hour outside of Orlando. Oh, no. Yeah, I dated a girl in the villages. She (laughs) was a tiger cat. I'll tell you that. We'd start happy hour every day at 3.30 in bed by 8. She was something. No, I dated a girl whose parents had a place in the villages, and they've got it figured out down there. Because all they do is play golf, drive around in golf carts, They have a little shopping area, and they booze a little bit, and they listen to music in the town square. Then they call it a day at about 9 p.m. It's great. How can you beat that? I'm like, yeah, I'll do this every day. No wonder they've got their own little, little encapsulated place down there. Although I remember reading it one time. I don't know how I need to research this because the rule for the villages is you need to be, I believe, 50 or older. And by the way, I turned 50 in a few weeks, so maybe I'll look at places down there. Now I'm eligible. But I think I remember one time (laughs) where I remember reading that some younger people were going to sue the villages for age discrimination. I'm like, listen, man, let the elders have their own little place. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come in there with your souped up golf cart, speeding down the road, hurting people taken their booze they've earned it give them their little spot outside of orlando why do you want to be near orlando anyway but i enjoyed that part but that's not really orlando
2: i've heard that they have really strict rules there though i've heard you can't even like spend the night for like more than a couple nights if you are not over that age limit
0: yeah they don't mess around with that i have have some bad news for you no (laughs) you've got to wait Uh another five years It's 55? 80% of all homes must be occupied by at least one person who is 55 or older. No one under 19 may reside in villages at all, but they can visit for up to 30 days a year. I like that rule. I like that rule. I don't want some young whippersnapper coming in, playing their loud music, eating their crazy food. Talking to me about the planets and how everything's manifest. I don't want to hear any of that. Give me <laughs> a newspaper every morning. Give me my black coffee. I'll go out. I'll play 18 with Jim Bob who lives a few doors down. And we'll have a couple drinks with the wives around 630. We'll be in bed by 830. 9 if it's a late night. We'll do it again the next day. That's the life. I'm for it. I just need to wait five. The countdown is on, Chelsea.
2: You go to bed earlier than that now. So, yes, <laughs> what you're waiting yes for. I do. <laughs> so true. I'll tell you what I'm saying. You're building your for. resume. You're building your resume. I am. I'm
0: slowly. What, when I show it to the villagers, they're going to be like, this guy is tailor made for <laughs> us. He goes to bed even earlier. My gut, let him in early. Let him in early. I'm staying up late on Friday night for the Pac 12 championship game. So, let's talk about it. Number six, Oregon. Number four, Washington. In Las Vegas, Oregon laying nine and a half points. Oregon is minus 350 on the money line. Washington is plus 270. Your total 66 and a half. I am stunned. This line is so large, and it makes me think the Ducks might be the right side, but I don't feel. Do you feel comfortable laying nine and a half points in this game?
2: In this economy? No. This line looks like an absolute trap does it not like something smells Mm -hmm. something stinks about this line a game that was decided by a field goal the first time around that the huskies won this one and now you're telling me that oregon is laying nine and a half points and this is a neutral field is it not Mm -hmm. this is not at oregon so it's just this line doesn't make a lot of sense to me i know oregon has been playing really good football. And I think to look at the other side and say, okay, Oregon's been laying some big numbers. A lot of people have been baited into taking the points. Like, look at last week. Oregon State getting 13 and a half, even 14, I think, uh, at some point in the week. And I thought that was the right side. No, it was all Oregon, all game long. So maybe we will see more of that. But I think it's either Washington plus nine and a half for me or nothing at all. But I think the bottom line, this game looks like an absolute trap.
0: I do too, and this feels like – I always say this on this show, but, man, this this feels like a Sharps versus Square play to me. The public is going to see this number and say, dude, Washington all day long, Washington all day long. And I get it because I don't have the gumption to lay nine and a half with Oregon. But that tells me that (laughs) – it just tells me that this feels like a sucker bet to me. This tells me that Oregon is probably the right side. They probably win by 10 here, and then the public just loses a ton of money here. I'm not going to bet it. I have the guts to do it because I do think Washington can and will keep this close. But Again, when I see a line like this, it really makes me worry that there's something here I'm missing, and it seems like a trap, and I'm not falling for it. On Saturday, we get things started with the Big 12 championship game. Number 20, Oklahoma State, and number 7, Texas in Arlington. Texas minus 14 and a half Texas minus 700 Oklahoma state plus 500 total set at 54 and a half. This spread has gone up from Texas minus 14 Chelsea. We all know how I feel about Texas. What do you think will happen in this game?
2: I think just judging by the line and the 14 and a half, the books are begging you to take Oklahoma State here. That's normally the case Mm -hmm. when they give you a line like this, where it's a key number and it's a hook, because so many people are going to look at this and say, okay, key number here, maybe Oklahoma State can keep it within two touchdowns. But this is a Texas team that would you say or consider them rested because they didn't even really have to play the end of that game against Texas Tech? Um, So I don't know what the handicap is here because obviously it looks to me like Texas is the much better team. This is probably the team. uh, I guess you guys probably wanted to face Oklahoma in the championship, right? No? Just to beat them? Well,
0: yes and no. Oklahoma would have been a much tougher out. At the same time, I don't want to see Oklahoma anywhere. Good. I'm glad you didn't make it. And also, this is the Big 12 farewell tour where – we have beaten every Big 12 team, with the exception of Oklahoma, because, of course, Oklahoma's going to the SEC along the way. So it's been really nice to knock out Iowa State, to knock out Kansas State, to knock out Baylor, to knock out Texas Tech, to knock out all of these teams along the way. It's the farewell tour. Texas giving a little something to think about before we move on. So I'm kind of glad it's Oklahoma State. And also, I have to say, I think Texas matches up really, really well against the Cowboys. That's why this spread is so big. Texas can be beaten, but you've got to be able to throw the ball to beat Texas, particularly across the middle between the hashes. That's where Texas can be beat. Oklahoma State really is not that team. They are a run first team, and Texas has one of the best run defenses in the country. So once they start to throw the ball, they're going to be in big trouble in big D. Texas has been waiting for this for a long time. I think we can win by 20. Texas wants it, man. Oh, these players are already fired up, man. This is our year. It's our year. You know what? I'll say it right now. Florida State's going to lose to Louisville. And then Texas is going to make the playoff. And by God, it's going to be a glorious day. Welcome horns, Texas by 20. There you go. Double D, you can't play that song. You know better.
2: I feel like I've heard that song so many times throughout the course of the season. Now, when I watch Texas games, I feel like I could almost hum along because I have heard it so many <laughs> times on the show. And, you know, our show would not be complete without Jenks literally talking about every single opponent. The entire Texas schedule is like, yes, the Texas <laughs> Revision baby. We play, we, play we play this team. We played that team. We played this team. We played that team. People at home are like, oh, my God. This guy thinks he's on the team. I saw a video of somebody who was fully dressed, head to toe, in full-on football gear. This was on my TikTok. And it was this lady saying, is this normal? My husband literally thinks he's on the team. And this is how I imagine you, Michael Jenkins, watching every single Texas football game. Do you wear cleats to the sports bar?
0: (laughs) I do not, but I will say... (laughs) Years ago <laughs> when I was in Austin and I had back surgery, I had major back surgery. It was not great. And I was on a lot of morphine and my friend Joanne, called, and I don't remember this conversation at all. She relayed this to me later on. She called me in the hospital to see how I was doing. And I apparently told her <laughs> I was really upset because Mack Brown was the head coach of Texas at that time. And I was really upset because I had to have a talk with Coach Brown, and I was going to be unavailable for the weekend's game because of my back surgery, and he wasn't pleased with me because I played cornerback for the team. And she was like, oh. okay, well, I hope it works out <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, so subconsciously, you know, you're not wrong, Chelsea. All right, I will get off my Texas spiel. I know people get sort of over that. I get it. We have the SEC championship game this should be fascinating as well number one Georgia taking on number eight Alabama Georgia laying five and a half Georgia minus 210 on the money line Alabama plus 170 total set at 55 and a half spread has gone up a point from Georgia minus four and a half are the dogs the right side here or does Bama keep it close
2: I kind of want to take the over 55 and a half with the way both of these offenses have been playing I think you kind of throw out the iron bowl as well. We know that's a rivalry game. One of the biggest rivalries Mm -hmm. in all of college football. So I'm not going to sit there and say, well, Alabama's offense didn't look that great during that one. Uh, It's a little different. Uh, So I think the key for Georgia this year is that their defense is good, but it's not lights out. It's not shut down. It's not dominant. I do think Jalen Milrow and company can at least score some points here. I'm not sure if they cover the spread, But also, look at this Georgia offense. They have been averaging over 40 points per game. They got Brock Bowers back in the past couple of games. It feels like a steam engine that I don't want to step in front of. So I think we're going to see points in this game. And Mm. I kind of want to take the points with Alabama. But part of me says, not so fast, my friend. Uh, I don't know. This line seems tricky to me. Five and a half. What do you make of this number?
0: It's kind of a no-man's land, right? I'm mm-hmm. I i I'm like you where initially I would think Alabama, and you're spot on about the Iron Ball. You can't really work that into your handicap because that was Auburn's Super Bowl, if you will. They put everything on the line there, and that's the Iron Ball is always bonkers anyway. But Georgia has been playing better football in the second half of the season. Remember early in the year they were getting off to slow starts and they were sort of putting teams away late now that Bowers is healthy again they sort of found their stride on offense I think I would still lean Georgia but it's really another one of those games I don't feel comfortable betting.
2: yeah and uh the trend to follow Georgia giving up first drive touchdowns to opponents you oh, seeing that
0: let's keep that up. I have not seen that learn something every day on this show Chelsea coming up next year on the show The Boston Celtics have the best record in the NBA, and they will try to keep it that way tonight against the Bulls. Your Tuesday slate in the NBA is on the way. It is a Daily Tip from BetQL presented by our good friends at BetMGM.
3: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL network.
1: Welcome
0: back to the show. It's a Tuesday, the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. From Michael Jenkins live in DC, she is Chelsea Messenger. Live in Nashville, coming up shortly, the Bucks try to beat the Heat as they take the court in Miami. We will look at tonight's schedule in the NBA and see if there is anything that we like. Chelsea, you bet a little bit on the NBA, and college football is winding down. Football in the NFL, we still got some NFL plays, but not each and every single night. So at what point do you say to yourself, okay, it's time for me on a regular basis to start betting on the nba is tonight the night
2: uh i've had to during the week because we don't have football on tuesdays unfortunately at least not this year and not the next year but maybe the next year roger goodell is going to be like listen tuesdays need some football so we're looking at you jags you're going to be playing in london on tuesdays every single week good luck to you my friends uh no so (laughs) we have to bet on the nba because i don't bet on hockey So uh, I'm looking at the slate, and I'm saying, okay, which team am I going to spin the roulette wheel with tonight? Normally, I would look at player props, uh, but sometimes they're not even posted this early. And sometimes there are injuries that we are waiting on. Like there's one in the Hornets Mm -hmm. game that I'm waiting on to see if LaMelo Ball plays. That's a huge one because he's been on an absolute tear lately. So if he doesn't play, I would say, okay, we're playing Terry Rozier But unfortunately, we do a show this early in the morning, so I won't know the answer to that until hours after we are off air.
0: Can I just say, and I was going to talk about this later on during this segment, I just want to get it off of my chest now. I am so sick of Draymond Green. I swear to God, I wish he would retire yesterday. A couple days ago, after choking Rudy Gobert, what was it, last week, week and a half, he says to the media, nah, no regrets. I, I don't regret doing that at all. And that is the most tone-deaf thing I have heard. Then again, we're talking about Draymond. He's always tone-deaf because he doesn't realize, he doesn't have the wherewithal to understand that you can still defend your teammate without putting someone in a chokehold. Your own head coach came out and said, yeah, he crossed the line. It was too much. He makes all these selfish selfish acts on the court and then is stunned when he gets any sort of blowback. He punched Jordan Bull in practice last year. And this just happens again and again and again. And when I see someone come out and say, no, I don't regret it all. I, I just don't live with regrets. Fine. Keep punishing your team. Fine, keep getting suspended. And then, and then keep looking in the mirror, looking around like, I don't know why the NBA has it out for me. I don't get it. Why do you think? Why do you think, dude? Because you do this on a regular basis. You show no contrition at all. At all. And then you wonder why the NBA and the officials might have it out for you. This is a guy who's been a dirty player his entire career. And the only thing he has to do is say, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have put someone in a chokehold. Maybe that was crossing a line. Instead, no, it's the same old Draymond. Never wrong, never wrong about anything. And if his team suffers as a consequence, he doesn't care. Why? Because he's incredibly selfish. He's always been a selfish player. He's always been about himself. Hell of a player, but a selfish player who ultimately long term punishes his team. When I heard that quote, I nearly lost my mind, Chelsea.
2: In what scenario would you not regret trying to choke somebody? Like, I feel like the examples from my own life would be very gruesome. It wouldn't be, oh, that guy talked trash about me. It would be like, oh, you hurt my mom. You hurt my child. That is the only instance where I would say, okay, maybe the choke was deserved. But literally, what did Rudy Gobert say? Like, mm, every single game that Steph Curry's not playing in. Draymond Green conveniently gets ejected. And then he played right into it because he got ejected in this game. Uh, I know the sparring was between Klay Thompson and somebody else, but still, if your Mm -hmm. own coach won't even go to bat for you, a guy that's known for being a player's coach, something should tell you that maybe you're not on the right side of the coin here. But Draymond, we all know he's going to do one thing, and Draymond is always going to stick up for Draymond.
0: Here's my impression of Draymond green getting up every morning, right? He gets up.
1: Oh, mm,
0: goes in the bathroom. He looks in the mirror and he goes, oh, God, I love me. I'm the best. I'm so great. I never do anything wrong. No regrets. Look at you, buddy. You're the man. You're the man. I love me. That's Draymond. He, he, he just doesn't care about anyone but himself. He can say what he wants. He can say what he wants. But all he does is contradict himself on a regular basis. Okay, Chelsea. That's enough of me bagging on Draymond. But I just, I, it, it blows my mind that you would think that as an athlete matures along the way, they might learn and have some sort of self awareness. Not Draymond. Hawks and Cavaliers tonight. How's that for a transition? Cavaliers minus five. Cavaliers minus 210 on the money line. Hawks are plus 170. Total set at 236 and a half. you going to play this one?
2: Well, first of all, we need to mention that tonight are the NBA in-season tournament games. Jinx, I know you're a massive fan of the NBA yes. Cup, and you think it's like the greatest thing since, you know, yes. winning an Olympic gold medal. But yes. some of these games do have some implications here. So if you need a little refresher, because listen, This is very complicated. In fact, it took like more than one tweet to explain each team's scenarios. But so far, here's what's going on. We have the Pacers and the Lakers who have already clinched their way into the next stage of this. Because right now, we're still in the group play. Uh, We have, I think, eight teams that are advancing. I could have gotten that wrong. These rules are very complicated. And there's also a tiebreaker that has to do with points differential. So that goes into the handicap of some of these games. If you think these players care and if you think they're blowing out a team, maybe they're not going to take their foot off the gas pedal because the points differential matters in some of these cases. Like looking at Boston tonight, they're big favorites, but right now their points differential is zero. So it would really help them and benefit them if they can beat the brakes off somebody. Will they actually implement this and you know use it during the game, or do they just not care? Maybe not, but I did think it was something that you needed to know before you bet on some of these games. Is that tonight it is the NBA in season cup games, and there are some games with uh, advancing on the line. I think all of them, just about.
0: Hell yes, hell yes, let's go. <laughs> NBA in-season tournament. Hell, dude. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so jacked tonight. Are we going to see some colorful courts tonight? Maybe some of those city uniforms yes. that are so sweet. Hell yeah. Pacers, hey, let's go. Let's get that NBA cup. Come on. This is what it's all about. When you, <laughs> when you grow up playing basketball and you talk to your buddies, you're like, one day I want to win the NBA cup, the in-season tournament, bro. Isn't it going to be Pacers? Hopefully the Pacers and Kings. That's what I want to see. What a matchup that would be in what? Mid-December? Oh, my. Yes. Dude, thank you for mentioning that. I'm so jacked about. I'm I'm emailing Andrew, my boss, right now. Hey, bud, you're going to totally get this, so you don't have to write me back. I am off tomorrow because I'm going to be up until 2 in the morning tonight watching every single game on the NBA slate. And you know why? Because it is end-season tournament time. Yes! Yes! <laughs>
2: I want to get you one of those like starter jackets that has like a little logo for the NBA cup and you can wear it around town. I'm like, yeah, this is my favorite time of year, baby. Hell yeah, what Christmas baby. time? Uh, no NBA in season cup. <laughs> Duh. Even though you're laughing, I do want to see the, pa- the Pacers and the Kings. I would like to see that matchup, but like it does have implications. Like we have made fun of this from the get go, but there are certain <laughs> yes. players that actually care about this. Like, look at the Pacers. Mm -hmm. Tyrese Halliburton has been lights out in the NBA in-season cup and for the entirety of the season, I should say. So we laugh, but it does matter in some of these games. If you are attempting to handicap these, just remember they're not regular Mm -hmm. season games. They are NBA in-season cup games.
0: Yeah. I guess I should give a (laughs) handicap. I'll give one here. I'll give one pick to you. Celtics minus 12 and a half hosting the bulls. Oh, it's a big number. I get it. But if you're going to lay a big number, this is when you do it. In season tournament time in Boston. When Boston plays at home at the Garden, they are 5-2 and two against the number. As for the Bulls, the Bulls are just a mess right now. I don't know what's going on with these guys. They're 1-7 and seven this season on the road. They're also 3-6-1 and one against the spread when playing away from Chicago. They are also 5-12-1 overall against the number. Guess what? That is dead last in the NBA. If you don't like the big number, I get it. But could be a blowout in Boston. I will lay it with the Celtics instead of spinning the entire segment crushing the end season tournament
2: but that's where the handicap goes into it because the points Mm -hmm. differential so the Celtics were literally asked about this and they hate this rule Jason Tatum said this is stupid we don't want to be scoreboard watching and we want to respect the game like nobody wants to beat the brakes off another team unless you're like Nick Saban against the Citadel Uh, but I do think this matters in some situations I think I'll be taking a look at another big favorite tonight and it will be dependent on if LaMelo Ball plays. But looking mm-hmm. at the Knicks tonight, I am not seeing it on our little list, but they are playing tonight against the Hornets. And I believe this line is 11 and a half. Maybe it's off the board since we don't know about LaMelo Ball. But I think the Knicks could probably beat the Hornets by 12 points, even with the LaMelo yeah. Ball. But this is a huge part of their offense. If he is missing over his last nine games, he's averaging 32 points, nine assists, and seven rebounds he is clearly the best player on their team and without him I don't think they stand a chance against the Knicks. so I think that would be my best look at tonight's NBA in season cup action would be the Knicks laying the 11 and a half and also taking a look at Terry Rozier and his points prop uh if LaMelo Ball is indeed out he is doubtful right now but we know the NBA, they always love pulling those surprises at the last minute. So keep your eye on the injury report.
0: Ah, my arm hurts now. You know, I saw that cracked rib and I was slamming this desk so hard. I think I aggravated it. Worth it though. You deserve an NBA cup. Coming up next year on the show. Let's find some early value in week 13 in the National Football League and make some of that Christmas spending money. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Tuesday, and hour two is headed your way next.
3: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL network.